0: Hola, and welcome to La Receta, a podcast that highlights the hidden stories of Latinx talent across different industries, used to create awareness and inspire the next generation. I'm your host, Miguel Lopez Ixta. Today we will be talking to Jessica Manuel about her story and the importance of mental health in the Latinx community. Hola, buenas tardes. Buenas
1: tardes.
0: Mi nombre es Miguel López Ixta y hoy tengo el honor de estar aquí con una de mis amigas. Uh, Jessica Manuel, te quieres introducir.
1: Sí, uh, yo soy Jessica Manuel Martínez. Eh,
0: nada más le ponemos a Martínez. <laughs> Added to it. Um, sí, este, hoy este, vamos a hablar sobre mental health. Um, es lo que ella, ella se dedica. Y, um, yeah, I mean, si te quieres introducir un poquito más sobre, you know, de tus roots, um, qué es lo que haces ahorita okay. y de. Ma, hablar un poquito más de dónde de dónde son tus papás claro um, okay content...
1: uh, a lo mejor voy a estar un Kleenex no sé uh, 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 <laughs> está <Just> bien ah <laughs> uh, pues yo soy este me llamo como dijo Miguel soy Jessica Manuel ah uh-huh. um, este nací en la ciudad de México I so, was born and raised straight up from Mexico City
0: um es chilena?
1: So, Chila- no, chilanga. No, no chilena, oh, chilena son de Chile. <laughs> <laughs> so chilanga. Chilanga, sorry. <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. I, I A lot of people confuse it. <laughs> yeah, so so de, uh, de Chilangolandia como le decimos. Mm. Este y um, eh Crecí en, en la Ciudad de México hasta el 1996, cool. uh, porque mi familia migrió, migró, oh my gosh, like yeah, my Spanish is fine. horrible right now, um, migró aquí a los Estados Unidos, este, mi papá este, trabajaba en los fields, mm-hmm. entonces él este, era trabajador, este, temporario, perdón, este, entonces, um, o oh, como se dice, foreign worker, pues, le hacía de todo, él nos decía, so he would go back and forth between Mexico and, and the U.S., um, I mean, he'll tell you stories. He can sit with you for days. <laughs> mm. Just kind of, like, sharing his journey like, how he migrated to the U.S. But he migrated when I was, like, really small. I think it was, like, maybe, like, 84, mm. 85. Okay, cool. Um, And so he would go back and forth. So we would get to see my my dad, like you know, like in during the seasonal times that he was off. Cause he was a seasonal worker. Oh, and
0: you guys would live in Mexico. Yeah. But he would so come over yeah. Here.
1: So me and like, I have a sister, her name is Cynthia. Uh-huh. Um, so it was just me, her and my mom that lived in Mexico. And then okay. we lived uh, with my abuelitos. So, mm. uh, we were basically raised by my abuelitos and my mom. <laughs> and then when my dad would come, like, you know, it was like exciting, obviously for all yeah. of us. Um, and I think that was like for a little while. And you know, like, I think it takes a toll, obviously, like on a lot of families. We know like how, and you know like family separation kind of like mm-hmm. happens um and i think at that point my parents kind of like talked about like wanting to for all of us to be together Cause uh-huh. I think like we noticed that it was kind of hard, obviously on us. Yeah, and especially we're
0: getting older too. Right,
1: and obviously like really hard also on my on like my mom, right? Cause she's like raising this like two girls, <laughs> mm. and then I mean obviously we got a lot of help from my abuelito, so that was awesome. Um, but then like in 1996, uh, my parents decided that hey, let's just migrate to the U.S. and kind of um, see what that would be like for our girls. Um, you know, I think under the idea was like every American dream, right? Like mm-hmm. we're gonna come, they're gonna have a good education. Um, you know, like get like better opportunities uh, in comparison to what they did, mm. right? Because my mom, she's from Oaxaca, oh, okay, and then my dad's from Guerrero. Mm. And then uh, when they were younger, um, they both lived in their towns um, in Guerrero and in Oaxaca. Mm-hmm. And you know, obviously, like in the smaller cities, sometimes uh, unfortunately, there's not a lot of. Uh, resources for Mm. them to go to school or kind of do other different things Mm. um so for my dad like he comes from like a family i forget how many brothers and sisters he has (laughs) so (laughs) so, yeah
0: and and they're big you know well and
1: and that's the thing right like like their generations they have a lot of like kids right Mm -hmm. um and then i remember like my my dad always telling us that you know like the struggle was obviously they trying to make sure that everybody had like food on the table Mm -hmm. like housing in my, um, you know, from both of my abuelitas, we always say that they were very chingonas because they were like really badass, you yeah. know, like strong women that really raised like really strong kids. Uh, so I think like when my dad was raising us, that was under the idea of like, I want you guys to be like your grandma <laughs> and, you know, okay. like both grandmas because they had like really great quality. So mm-hmm. anyway, so like, uh, their dream was to like bring us to the U.S. So yep. In 1986, we packed all our bags. Um, I still like tell the story till this day because I was super pissed at my parents, <laughs> uh-huh. Mostly because, not because like they brought me here, but um. Uh, how they old brought you? me under lies. Uh, <laughs> I was eleven, okay. or turning eleven, uh. and I say they brought me under lies because they told me, "Oh, we're gonna go to Disneyland. It's gonna mm. be awesome." So they didn't wanna tell me. I think that mm-hmm. we were moving because they knew that it would be really hard on us, yeah. right? Um, because I was super attached to my abuelitas, to my abuelito. Um, and then I think they were just really having a hard time with that. Mm-hmm. Like, how do we tell them that they're gonna move and then they're gonna not come with their friend mm-hmm. or like I mean, not obviously come with their friend, but not gonna leave their friends behind and yeah. family. Um, and I just remember being like really, really angry at that age because I couldn't understand, right? Like, I mean, like I remember like when we first moved, it was kind of cool at first because you know, it's a, a new experience. You're mm-hmm. we just like, Oh, like this is new, new language, new culture. But then I think it finally sort of hit me because I was like, Okay, first of all, I don't speak the language. I definitely yeah. don't understand the culture. I think there's a lot of cultural barriers mm-hmm. in the very like different, right? I mean yeah. um and then, like there was a lot of things that I didn't really quite understand, um but uh, I was fortunate enough to have uh friends that I met um there we we moved in with the family when we first uh, mm-hmm. moved to the u s
0: and then um, when you guys moved to the u s um yeah did you guys directly come to Oregon,
1: or? We did, uh, yeah. So my dad, like, we were always like, why'd you pick Oregon? Why couldn't you pick somewhere nice and warm? <laughs> like, why there's always rain? Um, and, but my dad was so like, you know, like, there was work, because my tío at that time uh, lived in Oregon, too, okay. in Woodburn, specifically. Hmm. Um, Woodburn. And so Yeah, in Woodburn. <laughs> so, um, you know, like, I mean, there's a lot of opportunities uh, to do farm work in, mm-hmm. in Woodburn. So, um, and then that was, like, where my dad was able to kind of find, like, work right away um so we moved in with the family of friends of of my dad's until this day you know like uh we say that they're our family cuz they totally mm. like took us under their, their wing and we, like all their kids we grew up together um like one of like our one of the other family members like i'm a madrina for their god mm. for their child so like we're that close now yeah, that cool. like they we're like family like yeah, we, don't, awesome. we always say like oh son nuestros primos nuestros <laughs> you know, like, because it just feels natural right because mm-hmm. i mean like i did literally grow up half of my life now with them yeah right uh but like i said i, I remember like being really angry and i think this is sort of like what sort of stem like wanting to work with um uh, mental health at one point because mm. I remember when I was younger um, that I was like so angry but I didn't know how to uh, talk about it right because yeah. I feel like growing up Latina you don't really get the space to talk about yeah. like your feelings your emotions it's more like suck it up you know like yeah. um, you know like it'll be fine like uh if you get to cry i for real yeah, right for real <laughs> kind of like, you know, like right the messaging behind so i felt like i didn't really kind of have the space to kind of like really uh talk about those emotions yeah. so yeah so then like we like stayed in woodburn and pretty much like stayed in woodburn my whole life all the way up to like i went to college and
0: mm-hmm. then so you guys came to woodburn mm-hmm. um so how was it like elementary and middle school like he said um, that, you that so was middle school okay so yeah because I was like school? just
1: middle school and actually I get I got held back a grade mm. um, because I had no English no yeah. nothing right um, so it was interesting because like my math and my science were advanced mm-hmm. so I was taking classes were seventh and eighth graders mm. uh, But, like, I felt like I was stuck anyway because, like, there was a whole language barrier.
0: Were you ever part of the programs that they have, the ESO? Yeah.
1: Yeah, So, I was part of the migrant program, actually. Um, And then through there, too, I mean, we we were connected with uh, a person that was sort of like a social worker. He Mm. necessarily was not a social worker, but um, it was through the migrant program. So, he helped us out with, like, connect us to services. Mm. At the time, I needed glasses. So, he helped me, like, get a new pair of glasses, like, get her insurance and, like, and, and not even thinking about that too like when I applied to go to grad school I had to write a paper saying like or my statement of purpose as to why I wanted to go mm. and be a social worker and he was one of the people I mentioned mm. right because he was like one of the persons that oh, man like mm, I don't even se like, sí, me yeah, I promise I do know <laughs> just like you right now I'm forgetting yeah. it's gonna come back um, but like I mean he was a really influential like I think person for my family right because I mean mm. he was the person that was really helping us navigate um, you know, just how to get the services, how to mm-hmm. get connected in the community, right? Um, as we know, like, with like you know, like, we do yeah. have a lot of comunidad, a lot of gente that we really connect with. Pero, at that time, cuando llegamos, pues, it was kind of difficult to get to that point of yeah. even where to start connecting.
0: Yeah, you just don't know where, right? It's...
1: Right. So, he was, like, he was, like, the stepping stone, okay. basically. To Shout out to like, all the social workers. I know. <laughs> I know. Those social workers are so awesome. <laughs> and they are. <laughs> So, yeah, so then, like, then we, we settled in Woodburn. So I graduated from Woodburn High School. This was prior to the year when it was actually divided into four high schools. Mm. So I'm that old. I know. So sad. So not that
0: old. <laughs> so, so middle school, um, you went through middle school. Yep. And what middle school did you go to? I went to French Perry. Oh, I went to French so Perry, too. So
1: this is before it became Valor. Like, it split. That's what I'm telling you. Oh. So, like, this... I think seventh grade is when they actually brought up the two different, like, with the Raptors, the Valor Raptors. Also,
0: oh, they were together before. So
1: before they were together. So and seventh it's grader... When I was a seventh grader, it's when it split. Um, um, so that's what I'm saying. I'm that old. <laughs> but yeah, no, you're not go, that old. <laughs> go Spartans! Um,
0: so you went... <laughs> so you went through middle school, and then... um. Going into high school, you said mm-hmm. that it was still one big high school.
1: Yeah, Woodburn. So, um, yeah. How
0: was that? You know, like how.
1: So it was interesting. Um, so like part of it, like one of the the cool things, like uh, being part of the migrant program or even ESL programs, is that I was able to kind of learn English pretty quickly. Um, I remember like um, in my school. Um, like half of my classroom in my ESL classroom was Mm -hmm. like, like Russians. Mm. So if we really wanted to communicate with like the Russian kids, we had to learn English English, yeah. and they were learning Spanish because they wanted to talk to us, too. So that pushed me to really like to just like learn the language really rather quick. So when I moved into high school, um, the transition was a little bit like obviously different. Mm -hmm. but I felt like I had a lot of support at the high school. Um, I was able to kind of connect with a lot of teachers. Mm. Um, my freshman year, I think it was kind of hard. I think everybody struggles freshman year, yeah. you know, because it's a transition. Um, but Especially I really, if
0: you had just come to a country a right. few years back, right?
1: Right. Um, and, you know, like homecoming, like winter formal, those were all new things mm. to me. Like prom, I was like, what is even? You know, like <laughs> things that you see yeah. in the movies that you're like, this is very Hollywood-like. Yeah. But it was happening in real life kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, so that was really cool. Um, but I remember freshman year I was pretty shy like not really involved because I was trying to kind of test the waters and see where things would go and it was until like uh, sophomore and junior year that I became more involved I ended up running for like sophomore class vice president and somehow I got it. That's awesome (laughs) I know and I was like. And that's
0: before when there was the whole high school right? Right right That's a lot of kids.
1: I know right Um, and then like junior year I was like a little less involved because I was like oh that was too much sophomore year but then by senior year I was like okay I'm gonna go for it I'm gonna do do the leadership again and I ended up like getting like a uh, class president for mm, that's my awesome. senior class that's awesome yeah
0: and uh so you were involved in like yeah. these other activities and like yeah. how was it like managing you know like activities and then like your grades yeah how were your grades <laughs>
1: My grades were actually not that bad, but they were also not that great. Mm. <laughs> I, I mean, they were decent. They weren't like straight A's. I was definitely not a straight A student. Mm. I think I, I achieved for that because my sister was like a straight A student oh. and she was like more devoted and committed to her Isn't academics. It? Yeah, oh. I know she was. And then I was more like, oh, like social butterfly. I'm going to like go and do this and I'm going to get involved in this. Mm. Uh, so I was more involved in community okay. service, like leadership activities, like sports, Um. Just just because I like that part of it. And I think cool. part of it is because my parents work so much too mm. that like they were hardly ever home, right? Like, mm. I mean, they were home like You needed late, something, right? right? Yeah. I needed something to just like stay busy and distracted. So they would people would make fun of me because they'd be like, dang, you're like literally here like at seven in the morning because we had to do like leadership mm-hmm. that early. And then you like go home until like six or seven. Uh, after school. Yeah. But I mean, I, I was always so busy. Like yeah. anytime like they needed volunteers, I'm like, I'll do it. I'll do it. So by senior year, you're going know, to have to apply for scholarships yeah. and everything like they like one of my teachers was like why don't you just create sort of like a resume kind of things that mm-hmm. like you have done in the past so that way it's easier for when you ask for a letter of recommendation right like so people know what you're involved yeah. in and then I was like okay so I like put it all together and I was like dang I'm like I have a lot going on, yeah. Um, which it was good, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, it showed that you know that I was doing all that, but you know, my grades didn't suffer because of it. I think part of it, like, I knew that if I wanted to be in an activity, mm-hmm. I had to also keep my grades yeah. up, right? Again, sense. they were not straight A's, but you know, I, I tried the best I could.
0: And so, so you got to your senior year, yeah, and you're starting to think in like scholarships yes. and thinking of college, like, yeah. what was that whole process like? And, um, you know, I know, like. The yeah. Gates was a big yes. a big scholarship. Can you yes. talk about? Shout out
1: that? to Papa Gates. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so, um, so my sister also had gone the uh, the Bill and Melinda Gates scholarship, mm-hmm. um, and. Or through the Bill and Ga- Melinda Gates Foundation. Sorry, the so it was the Gates Million Scholarship. Um, so I knew about the scholarship and I knew how competitive it was. Yeah. So by my senior year, my sister was always on me, like, "Hey, you need to apply to scholarships. You need to do this." But again, because I was always so busy and doing mm-hmm. things, I was like, "Ah, this place. Ah, this place. Right? Like every typical teenager, yeah. like do it last yeah, minute logo, kind yeah, of yeah. thing, right?" <laughs> and then I think in the back of my mind, I was always like, "Oh, pero like." What are the odds that I'm gonna get the scholarship? It's probably gonna be like really hard, mm-hmm. and I don't think I'm gonna get it. So I remember like my sister like was like, "You need to get on this like ASAP." And then another thing that I was involved in that I think kind of helped too was like Upper Bound Trio Program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so my trio. my mentor there, uh, Bob Casares. If you, if he ever listens to me, I'll send it to him. <laughs> send it to him. Um, and you know he was like, "Hey, you need to apply to this thing, and we'll help you, and you know edit your essays because that it was like eight essays that I had to turn mm-hmm. in, right? aside from my essays I had to, like, turn in a transcript, my activities, two letters of recommendation. So it was a lot.
0: It is a lot, right?
1: And then I just remember, like, okay, like, I'm just going to send it in and see what happens. And then... Yeah, I got a letter, like, I think it was a week before graduation, oh, and dang. it was basically saying, like, congratulations. Oh, well, it's a small envelope, first of all, because uh-huh. now they, like, like in the recent years, they send, like, a big envelope, a big and they make such a big deal out of it. I got a small envelope, and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, no, this is it. They're going to tell me, like, yes. I didn't get it. <laughs> no, yes. I thought, like, I wasn't going to get it. Mm-hmm. So then I was just like, dang. I was like, I didn't want to tell my family that I had gone the letter, too, because yeah. I was like, they're going to be so angry and disappointed. But, you know, thankfully, like, gracias a la Virgencita, I don't yeah. know what it was. It was the velas. It the velas <laughs> you I had a Rosa de, what's uh, La Virgen de Guadalupe Leo moment. Yeah. <laughs> I had the moment con el airecito <laughs> and everything. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, yeah, like, thankfully, I mean, that really cover my, like, my whole undergrad Mm. um and it was like a blessing in disguise right because i think you know like even thinking about college i know that my parents always told us like college is your thing you're gonna go you're gonna Mm -hmm. do it so it was never a doubt but i was always worried about like but how are we gonna pay for it yeah right which Mm. i think it's a lot of worries that kids Mm -hmm. have nowadays because i mean unfortunately it's like freaking expensive right yeah um and then on top of that i didn't know where i wanted to go Mm -hmm. um and then i had applied to like oregon state western uh, oregon university and linfield Mm -hmm. linfield because my sister forced me to apply because she was (laughs) she applied for you (laughs) (laughs) well part of it because she was going to linfield too, and she's like oh we should go together and i'm like but it's una escuela privada, right Mm -hmm. like that's gonna be like really expensive because now you're there and if i don't get a scholarship yeah. I'm gonna have to pay out of pocket and that's a lot and then as soon as I got the gates I'm like all right let's I'm coming Livio, let's go. <laughs> um so yeah that was like how, how I got that and then also like um at that time my dad was working or he's still working at coca-cola huh. um so they had a, a scholarship for like uh, kids of employees so mm, I applied for that awesome. one so that was like a huge help too and then like uh, I was also involved in like Mitcha, so like this is our Chavez yeah. scholarship and then like other smaller scholarships like really just help like with books and other things that I needed
0: they all add up actually, yeah right?
1: they do it, it was amazing <laughs>
0: and so so you so you finally got to figure it out yes. you're going to college yes. Linfield and McMinnville
1: oh at man McMenville. yes
0: <laughs> so how how was it so I've been to Linfield a couple times um, yeah but you know as a, as a Latina you know yes. like as a person of color how was yes. it you know like Stepping on campus. You had your sister, but still, like, I did. Hot, you know.
1: I did. Uh, so by the time I went to Linfield, she was a, a junior um, mm. that year. Um it was interesting. <laughs> um, coming from Woodburn, going to McMinnville, definitely a huge culture shock. Yeah. Um, I joke with my sister. I was like, I feel like I was a pinto bean in a sea of white rice. <laughs> I joke around with her because of that. But it, it definitely was a, a big wake up call. Um, I think even academically, um, where I felt like I was doing okay academically in mm-hmm. high school. And then I remember like going into college and then I was, I think you hit the imposter syndrome, right? Like, I'm yeah. not good enough. Why am I even here? Why did they? pick me oh my That's gosh they made a big mistake yeah. right you um, start overthinking right. everything right and i think where i was really underselling myself in the capabilities i mean that i got myself there in the first place right mm. um and i think that was one of the things that really kind of like stuck with me first semester and i definitely saw that reflected in my grades because mm. i was just kind of like you know, like really focus on studying, but also trying to make connections within school. Because um, um, I feel like one of the things that was helpful for me in high school is that I felt so connected with all the teachers. Mm. And in college, it was so difficult, right? Like finding a connection with the professor. Yeah. So
0: many, so many students right. too.
1: And then part of it, like nobody looked like me. Yeah. Right. So in in a high school, well, I was it's different, right? Because I had some Maestro. teachers that look like me. Right. <laughs> I had some teachers that looked like me. I had admin that looked like me. Yeah. Right. And and then going to college, I was like damn like this is like it was very lonely right Mm -hmm. I mean I had my sister and stuff but you know we didn't have classes together obviously um and then at that point I didn't even know what I wanted to do because I went in with the mentality that I was going to become a teacher right Mm. and clearly I'm definitely not a teacher now (laughs) (laughs) then my parents were like you should be a nurse and then I was like I don't want to do that right and then like I so happened to take one like class that it was like sociology okay and then, I like completely fell in love with it. I was like, oh my god, like it's so interesting, like because you're like learning about how people interact and why they interact the way that yeah. they do and how culture, like culture, really impacts that and like just upbringings and stuff. And then I was like, wow, like this is a major, this is a thing. Um, and then from there on, I just started taking more classes: anthropology, sociology, um, psychology. And so you changed your. I did. Major. so, And then I was like, what the heck am I going to do with a sociology <laughs> major? <laughs> um, but, you know, like, I remember, like, um, so, like, also because I was part of Upper Bound Trio program, they had a, an Upper Bound Trio program at Linfield. Mm. But it was, like, mostly for um, high school kids. Yeah. So I became a volunteer counselor there. Nice. Um, and then I started making those connections and, and that's where I knew that I really had a passion of working with kids and youth. Um, like I looked forward to every time that the kids would go and and, you know, I was like tutoring them. And, um, you know, like there was a lot of kids that were coming from like Newburgh High School, like Minville, uh Dayton, Amity, oh, yeah. um, like all the smaller towns like uh-huh. Yamhill like County area. And then there was a lot of Latino kids. Right. Mm. And it was so cool for them to see like, oh, my gosh, there's a Latina that's on campus yeah right like they would ask me questions what you is start, it like you start noticing right. you start
0: to become that figure, yes you
1: know? and so like they would tell me like what is it like you know obviously they wanted to know like do you go to the parties do you drink these? yeah like what kind of question is that <laughs> ask me about my school ask me about yeah. this right um, but yes <laughs> <laughs> yes low key, yes no, i was kidding um but yeah you know it was cool because like at that moment like you know I saw myself as a mentor yeah. Right, like I mean, like things that I had seen in other people, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, these kids really want to know more about me. Um, they really want to learn, and it's funny because I like every once in a while I'll go to McMinnville for like Limpville for an event, uh-huh. for whatever reason, and then we'll go out to eat with my sister, and I run into kids, you know, oh, like funny. well they're not kids anymore; they're like in their twenties now. Um, and some of them I follow on Instagram, they follow me back, so it's kind of cool because we get to talk back and forth yeah. about like what what have you been up to, house life, or we run into professional settings. Things. you know because i was like what like maybe like five or six years older than they yeah. were um and it's a really really cool thing that's awesome yeah like that's i have so cool. one kid that works at nike um oh, that's great. and so like every once in a while she's like vas a venir a verme? <laughs> right? like, come to nike i'll give you a tour <laughs> uh, but it's kind of a cool thing to just know that somebody you know like you made a difference for yeah
0: somebody, for sure right? dang that's awesome yeah um so then you went through college yes um, how was it like you know, like once you like after you hit junior year, yeah, going to senior year, you start thinking about like, dang, I'm really gonna do this. Yeah. Like it's coming up. Like yeah. what what was like like your mentality, your like emotions, like coming to like the last year of college and graduating? Yeah. Like, how was As that girl? like?
1: <laughs> I was like, "What am I gonna do? I'm gonna go live with my parents." Uh, which is fine. It's okay yeah, it's if fine. You do. that's okay. <laughs> um, but I think I I was scared because I didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, how I was telling you, like, I was like, "What the hell am I gonna do with this like sociology major? Yeah. Like, what what like what opportunities out there?" Um, cause I think by senior year like a lot of the times, you know, your teacher or your professors like really get you to like, think about what you want to do. Yeah. So what did I do? I went to study abroad instead <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, we <laughs> before said. thinking about
1: it. <laughs> uh, um, you so already booked I, you I was like, I'm going to go study abroad and figure it out over there. Um, I went to study abroad in Mexico for like a mm-hmm. month cause we have a, a Jan term. So it's like one term, like, oh, cool. like January um and then like after like jan term i came back literally for one day washed my clothes and then like went to spain so i was like in spain for spring semester of junior year Dang, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, and it was, like, one of the best experiences. If people get a chance to go and do something outside of the U.S., I think it's amazing. Mm. It really taught me to be, like, really resilient, it, like, mm. like to be independent, uh, to really trust my gut, right? Because I think a lot mm. of the times, especially growing up Latino, right? Like, yeah. we, re- like, rely a lot on our parents. Mm-hmm. And then um, our parents always instill fear in us. Si vas ir para allá, te va a pasar hey, girl, algo, yeah. el hijo de fulanita <laughs> de tal, right? So yep. always, always, and... And this was the first time that I was, like, you know, being more defiant. I'm like, I'm not going to go. Because, I mean, part of it, my sister, I think I follow my sister a lot, right? Because she had already done that. So I was like, okay, she already, like, got my parents through that first time when she went to Germany mm-hmm. and then Spain. So I think I'll be okay if yeah. I leave. So the first time when my sister left, my parents were like, oh my ah. God, like you're leaving. And when I left, they're like, bye. Adios. <laughs> um, so that was cool for me, like just to be able to experience that. But then when I came back, I think that's when the reality hit. And I was like, okay, like senior year, you're like, me tengo que poner las pilas and figure yeah. out what I want to do. Um, and so when I graduated, um, I already had all these experiences working with kids and mm-hmm. stuff. And I remember that I was like, all right, like, I got this. I just need to find a job where I can put my skills to a test. Um, and so, one of the first jobs that I applied to was uh, at Head Start. So I was working as a family advocate. Um, what Head Start? Um, in Salem. So it wasn't okay. in Woodburn. It okay. was in Salem. Um, I, used,
0: I actually used to work. I worked um, freshman and sophomore year. Oh, cool. At OCDC.
1: Oh no, I wasn't working oh, that okay. one. I was working for the family, like family, fam, family action something community. Anyway, community action, that's what okay. it was. Um, so I was there only for one year. Uh-huh. Um, but that's because I was like, okay, I love working with families and kids, mm-hmm. but like three to five-year-olds, that's not my thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely not my passion. Um, and then like from there on, I went to uh, Big Brothers Big Sisters. So mm-hmm. I was there for about two years. Um, and it was cool, because I got to do a lot of work uh, y- using my skills as being bilingual, but also I was supporting our Latino families mm-hmm. that didn't really quite understand what the meaning of mentorship was right because it was kind of like what do you mean you want to take my kid out like on an outing uh, Mm -hmm. without supervision (laughs) right because I mean like it's kind of hard for us to let our our kids go without strangers
0: overprotective yeah
1: so it was like burying that that bridge or like that gap and then kind of like really telling families like well this is what mentorship looks like and this Mm -hmm. is what it's like Um, and you know like kind of like helping them through the process so that was really cool and then after that, I was like, well, I like what I do, but it, like, I'm not really doing what I really want to do. Um, so then I... At that point, um, I, I moved to Portland and I found a job uh, through Catholic Charities, a program mm-hmm. Hispano. And I think this is a job that really kind of like opened up like eyes for me as to what I really wanted to do. Mm. Um, so I was working with at, at-risk youth um, from like freshman, well, actually seventh grade, no, sixth grade all the way to freshman, like uh, senior, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was at two schools. I was at a middle school and a high school. And I was basically working as a coach, I guess you can call it, yeah. um, making sure that kids were graduating on time or mm. they were, you know, like on track. Um, so they couldn't, when they hit high school, they could graduate. Um, so I worked with all Latino kids because um, that that's what my awesome. grant was. Um, so I was like working at Park Rose and Madison. I was at lane middle school, like mm. all here in Portland. Yep. Um, so it was really cool. Um, and, you know, like a lot of the high school kids, I mean, again, because I was not that like much older than them. Um, Sorry. But then then they felt like they could just connect, right? So they would tell me things, and I was like, oh, my gosh, what do I do with all this information? Um, I know. So it was a a lot of the things where they were seeking mentorship, and they were seeking guidance. Um, And, again, I think part of what they really liked is, like, okay, this is a person that looks like me. Um, She has a degree. She's kind of, like, gone through, like, similar things that I have Mm -hmm. had um and so i think that really kind of like pushed me to kind of want to like strive to do better so i was there for like about 2 or 3 years mm-hmm. and i really loved what i did but i felt like stuck right cuz i was like i want to do more how yeah. do i help these kids and one of the reasons why I actually went into mental health is because at that time I had met a family. Um, and the kid was going through a lot of stuff, right? Yeah. Um, like, really, really heavy stuff. And, like, I think families were having a hard time understanding on how to support him. Mm. So I connected him to services because I was like, all right, cool. Like, they there's this organization. They say that they're bilingual, they're bicultural. Their family would benefit from, mm. like, being able to know how to support their kid got them connected and unfortunately like the connection between the counselor and the kid was not the strongest mm. and the family was sort of kept out of the loop uh, right and we know that in the latino community yeah. uh, most of our community right like we like to be involved we like to be connected yeah and um this kid fell through the cracks, didn't graduate, dropped out of school. Like, I mean, all kinds of things that could go yeah, wrong went crazy. wrong, yeah, right? And it was all related to mental health.
0: Mm-hmm. And I was like,
1: all right, I got to go back to grad school, yeah. and I got to do it, right? And th- it wasn't even with the intention of becoming a therapist. <laughs> it was with the intention I'm like, I just want to learn more how to support mm-hmm. people. Um, and, yeah, I went back to PSU, applied, um, and then, like, two years later, got my MSW. And
0: so what year was this when you initially started? Uh, so
1: that was 2013. Thirteen. Okay, 2013. Yeah, so I,
0: yeah. And you were there for two years, you said?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, like, at the school? No. I, I was there in, like, 2010, because two, like, it was ten, two to three years. I can't remember. Okay. But, like, then I went back to school in 2013 mm-hmm. and graduated in 2015, Um. But, yeah, like, even initially when I did my internship, my, my supervisor was like, are you sure you don't want to do mental health? Like, it would be so good. Like, we need más terapeutas latinas, mm. que hablen español, right? Being bilingual, bicultural is very important for our community. And I was like, nah, I'm good. Because, <laughs> you know, <laughs> <Pass>. my... <laughs> but, but part of it is the stigma that we yeah. have, right? Because, I mean, in my head, unfortunately, at that time, I was like, yo no quiero trabajar con la gente loca. Yeah. Right? Because that was the stigma that I had growing up. And then uh, the more and more I learned, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is like not saying that people are crazy it's just like people are really struggling with mm-hmm. things like whether it's intergenerational trauma or their own trauma themselves like grief uh like just a lot See, of things yeah. right and especially a lot of things that hit our community really mm-hmm. hard like immigration right like that's a big one yeah and then like she was like okay um, in tus últimos messes it to internship, you're going to do a case, like a couple cases with me. And if you don't like it, then you don't have to stick with it. And I'm like, all right, cool. Um, and yeah, like she got me three cases to work with her and I completely love my clients. Mm. I was like, oh my gosh, this is what it is. I definitely could see myself doing the work. So when I graduated from from um, from my program, I went back to my supervisor, and I was like, hey, um, can you help me with the, you know, like just help me do a mock interview because I'm going to yeah. start interviewing for uh, for jobs. And she's like, okay, vente. And so, like, she was asking me questions, like preparing me for those, inter- like, interviews. And then she's like, I hope that you know that this was actually an, also an interview for you for a job here. Uh, so, yeah, she offered me a job right away, and I was like, heck, yeah. Where do I sign? <laughs> um, where do I sign? <laughs> um so i think at that point like that's when like things sort of started coming together uh-huh. for me because um you know like it was like really involving my passion of working with the comunidad and also like really talking about mental health and kind of like breaking down the stigma and the barriers that are within our latino community yeah um so yeah i worked uh at western it was like western psychological services and i worked there for like about to like, what? like now i'm thinking like most of my jobs are like two to three years <laughs> um <laughs> i know i know it's not to say anything <laughs> but then like one of my friends that was working as, as a school social worker was trying to recruit me for such a long time because they were looking for someone that had mm-hmm. mental health background that like that's bilingual but bicultural at the position that i'm at now okay and then like when i me initially i was like no i'm good i'm really really happy where i'm at mm-hmm. cuz i was you know i was i was working with a lot of like uh people in my in my community right mm-hmm. like we were people that were going through domestic violence uh, postpartum depression definitely a lot of grief um you know like just things that we're really heavy in our community and we just needed more people that look like us and that could understand. Right. Mm -hmm. And that was the feedback I always got from my, um, from my clients. They were like, you know, like it makes a huge difference to talk to someone that really knows what I'm going through. Or even if you don't really understand like you are curious and want to learn about it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that was like always a cool thing for me to just be able to sit with my clients in in that process. Um, And then finally, like my friend was like, just go to the interview. Just check it out. If you like it, cool. If you don't, that's fine. I'm like, all right. Um, So I went and I, um, because it was like two positions open. One of them was kind of like working with uh, newcomers, like students who were just like new to the district, like coming from a different country. And Mm. I was like, oh, cool. I connect with that because I've been there. I've done that. And then the other one was working at a little high school. And then when I told my coworkers, everybody was like, "Oh my gosh, don't go to Aloha. Aloha is bad." And I was like, "What?
0: Wait, why would you say (laughs) that?"
1: Well, we have a bad rep. (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like Woodburn was like that for a long time too. Like people were like, "Don't go to Woodburn." There's a lot of
0: bad Right.
1: I'm like, well, there's a lot of bad things going everywhere. I mean, it's just not one school. And so that really was, like, interesting to me Mm -hmm. because it's like, ooh, a challenge. (laughs) Now Um, I want to do it. Now I want to. So when I went to one interview, and my sister makes fun of me for this, but, like, I cried in one of my interviews because they were like, why do you want to become a social worker? And then, like, I was sharing my story about, like, how the guy who initially connected us to the uh-huh. services, and how I really looked up to him. And then, I don't know why I got so emotional. I just started, like, bawling. Yeah. And then, they were all like, ah. No, no, yeah, okay. I'm good. I'm good. I prepared myself for this because I was like, I know I can't cry. But it's okay oh, if I can. cry. You it's can okay. Go. It's fine. But then, you don't want to see me ugly cry. <laughs> it's fine. It's, it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, then, like, then I went to Aloha, and then um, I, like... You know, like, I remember clearly, like, when I came in, uh, it must have been during passing time when they had the breaks. Mm -hmm. Like, I was walking in, and then, like, it was just kind of like, whoa. Like, I opened the door, and I was like, this feels like home. Mm. Um, Part of it is because it looks so much like woodburn, Uh right? Um, And then, um, because recently, like, um, so, like, next week is the the National Week of School Social Workers, and they asked me for a quote. And then I I was sharing the quote with my sister yesterday. She's like, make sure you mention that. But it was initially that, like, saying, like, how I really saw myself in those kids. Part of it, because, like, you know, there was a lot of kids that looked like me, and there was Mm -hmm. a lot of kids, you know, just, like, beautiful, like like every 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 race that you can think of like mm. you know like at the school just like walking through it it just yeah. really felt like home and I felt connected that's awesome and then I just remember I was like I really want this job nobody had interviewed me yet oh. <laughs> but I was like I really want to be here I want it <laughs> like, no. so when I came through my interview I was like okay like here are all my cards this is who I am and you know because I ask you all kinds of questions uh, but yeah like I mean I definitely could not see myself anywhere else at this point because like I really love what I do I get to be be in a really cool place and then and you know like just have a voice when mm-hmm. it comes to mental health because part of my job as a school social worker is that I get to advocate for our kids start mm-hmm. going through stuff right um like kids come and tell me all kinds of things you know um like whether you know something has changed in their home um usually because like a parent died or like mm-hmm. a breakup or uh you know like you know, they're losing their home. Yeah. Um, like things that like feel like really, really heavy and mm-hmm. then don't, they don't feel like they have to carry it by themselves, right? Yeah. Like I'm not here to resolve everybody's issues, you know? And I tell them mm-hmm. that I'm like, I'm here to support you and what we can do to kind of help you be successful at school. Yeah. Right, and I think that's the, the cool part of my job that i get to connect to those kids and then you know like they have something or something or like a place where they feel safe mm-hmm. and it's cool because like anytime i'm sick or i'm not there like like my coworkers will be like oh my gosh jessica you have so many kids coming in and try to find you <laughs> and like and i could be taking a break and they're like kids be freaking out where are you i went to look for you and i was yeah. like all right chill everybody everything will be fine like just breathe
0: <laughs> dang that's that's awesome and actually well, for me, I know, like, last year, it was mm-hmm. a really hard year for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my mom passed from mm-hmm. breast cancer. And a lot of, you know, initially, I, I, d- I did feel like I had that way of, like,
1: mm-hmm. having to
0: carry everything. Right. Especially, like, my dad and, you know, my little sister and my little mm-hmm. brother. Like, I just felt like I had to, you know, make sure that my family was good first. For sure, yeah. Um, and it's it's a thing. I You know, like, mm-hmm. growing up as a... As a guy in Mm -hmm. a Latino household, you know, there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of, like, almost, I want to say, like, you're held up to against, like, Mm -hmm. different things that you need to be.
1: Right.
0: Like, you know, no llores, or, like, you know, like, be strong. Mm -hmm. You got to be strong. You got to, you know, be that macho. There's still that, like, like, a lot of that macho. You can't show Mm -hmm. weakness.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, And, you know, my household, you know, my household and, you know, like, older, like, older people that I had, you know, lived with in the past mm-hmm. like there was still that you know stigma around machismo mm-hmm. and so when this happened I you know like I took it all
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you know I, did, I didn't I didn't I forgot to take care of myself mm-hmm. just because I didn't I didn't know about that you know right. I didn't know that I did to take care of myself as so, well um and so a couple months after you know like everything happened mm-hmm. and you know like things were kind of like coming down it hit me right. and and, you know, like, I, I had everything bottled in mm-hmm. and I finally let it all out. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started, um, I started seeing a counselor. Mm-hmm. Started seeing Good, a counselor and yeah. talking, you know, like, talking about, um, you know, just Great. what had happened. Mm-hmm. What is it that was hurting? Like, and just talking with them, like, and it's, like, it works so much. That's like, it's helped me so much, like, yeah. to the point where I'm comfortable talking about it Good. now.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, You know, it, it's obviously going to hurt, always going to hurt. Course. Um, But I do feel comfortable and, like, mm-hmm. you know, like. Like, people like you are, yeah. you know, like, you know, you guys are people that are definitely, like, you know, making changes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, able to, like, you know, support these kids that right. that are growing up in a Latino household that, you know, they're expected to be away. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs>
1: thank you. Yeah, no, and thank you for saying that because I think you hit in such an important, like, topic because I think that is definitely one of the things that we see, right? Especially in our comunidad. Mm-hmm. Um, and even, not, it's not just our community too, right? Cause I mean, I see it a lot with a lot of kids from like different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole thing of like, I can't cry, I can't show emotion, I can't be yeah. me, right? Cause a lot of, and like, I think you said it perfectly, you were trying to hold like this strength
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: because you were trying to hold it together for everybody else, yeah. right? And I think that's a real thing. And and that's like when we forget to kind of like take care of ourselves. I always use the analogy with the kids about like, when you're in an airplane, what is the one thing that they tell you when the cabin induces pressure, right? They're like, "Well, the air mask is gonna come down," and they always tell you, "You gotta put the air mask first before mm-hmm. we can help someone else." Good, right? Because a, a lot of the times it. in our community, we put the health, like the mask on yeah. other people before we help ourselves, mm-hmm. right? But when we're doing that, we're like also like not really honoring what we're feeling, and yeah. we're shutting those feelings down. And like you said it perfectly, all this emotions sort of came up, and they were, you know, and they were probably like the feeling of being even overwhelmed like what the hell do i do yeah. with all these emotions right And
0: so and, and you know when everything was coming right. out for me like it wasn't even just like just that moment alone where mm-hmm. my mom passed away it was years right it was years mm-hmm. of you know like like
1: suppressing having to all go those through, things yeah, yeah suppressing
0: all the three and those mm-hmm. things having to go through all that stuff and even before like you know trauma when i was younger mm-hmm. like all that stuff so it's you know like i think the you know like kids being able to acknowledge that, you know, that Mm -hmm. they have feelings and that they should be able to, like, you know, like, um, just release those emotions that they have is really important.
1: Right, Um, definitely. And I think that's the one thing, the takeaway that I think – the this is why i love this job so much because it gives me a platform to like really normalize that that's okay right mm-hmm. like sometimes they're like miss jessica what do you mean it's okay because i don't have them call me by my last name <laughs> so long who wants to call me miss manuel martinez, right? manuel martinez. <laughs> and then i'm like just call me miss jessica so like all i can say miss jessica they're like miss jessica like what do you mean i can talk about my feelings mm. why is it okay for me to talk about my feelings i mean i have like kids that are like they're like the, the, i have specific kids that i can think of like that i have in the back of my mind that <laughs> they started off like f you i don't want to see you like yeah i don't even know you why do i have to talk to you and then i'm like all right cool we'll come back whenever you're ready and then they will come back the next week and be like all right i think i'm ready to talk to you i know you know <laughs> <laughs> so you know because i mean they're trying to get a reaction out yeah. of you a lot of the times and i have a lot of kids that tell me to f off and i'm like cool i'll see you later Bye. and i just walk away because i'm like it's like it's not a power struggle with me like if you want to work with me cool if you don't that's okay too um and i always tell kids when they come you know like whatever you want to share it's cool and then if you don't feel comfortable you can even like tell me like hey i don't feel comfortable talking about that because i'm trying to teach them about boundaries too Mm. right and i think the other thing that sort of came out of this for me um like i was telling you earlier before like we started recording it like so my, one of my friends and I, we were thinking about, like, okay, we want to be able to kind of, like, voice this more in our communities and other communities. So yeah. we also came up with our podcast because nice. we want to – What's it called? <laughs> so um, let me see if I – so we changed it a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's um, Couldn't Make This Up Even If I Tried. Mm. Part of it is because we're going to be sharing a lot of stories about, like, Things that happen to us and then things that, like, we're going to invite also people, like, so you're definitely going to be on our list <laughs> uh, to kind of share stories. Because, like, we think about, like, you know, when you're telling your story, you're like, oh, my gosh, I couldn't even make this up, even if I tried, yeah. right? Because it's so crazy what happened to me. Dang. And especially when it comes to mental health, right? Because mm-hmm. our focus is going to be really on mental health and wellness. Because we want people to kind of really normalize this feeling. So, like, whenever, mm. when we did our first recording that we were talking about, we were talking about grief. So, like the things that you were talking about, um, I think it had been like after the whole Kobe Bryant thing had Mm. happened. We were just talking about how like we saw a lot of men actually really voicing that emotion. Yeah. I mean, like through all the memorials that they had, I mean, you saw like in the most recent one, like Michael Jordan was crying, mm-hmm. like Shaquille O'Neal initially with the first one that they did, yeah. he was like a mess. Right. I mean, there was like a lot of people that were just like really voicing those things. Yeah. And where we actually saw that this was the first time that like, it was okay for people to like, mm-hmm. or felt like it was okay to, for for them to show that. So we're going to be talking about a lot of That's those awesome. things too. That's cool. Um, cause I think it's an important thing to do to talk about. Right. Um, and that we don't really do enough
0: of. Yeah, especially the Latino community. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think like, you know, like to the last part of the podcast. Yeah. Um, so it's just something that um, that I had just started on the first yeah. podcast, but it's called La Receta. Okay. So that's why the, you know, no, the, podcast called that. <laughs> <laughs> that's why the podcast is called La Receta. Um, so basically, um, first, if you want to share... Um, You know, so like a few short term goals you have and then like your big goal, like what's your goal that you want to have. And then the last part, um, you know, what are the, uh, you know, like what are the ingredients? Mm -hmm. What are the tips, you know, like that went into like get you to where you are today?
1: Yeah. um, Goals. Oh, man, I have so many. So I think one of the goals that we're like working on right now is like just like launching our own podcast Mm. or like doing that. So that's going to be a goal. Um, The second one that I have, I'm actually uh, working towards my LCSW. Mm. um, And that's going to give me a little bit more platform that when I... I'm able to really receive that license that I can then and can you refer what LA yeah so it's studies. the licensed clinical social work license mm. um and then I mean I could practice like therapy like right now because I was practicing before but um this will give me a little I feel like it'll give me a little more oomph mm. <laughs> to actually be able to you know maybe like I don't know maybe it's a whole confidence thing but just feel like I can go out and, and do therapy because nice. essentially my goal is to either open my own private practice or join a private practice and then I want to be able to really serve our community That's Awesome. Um One goal that I do have is eventually coming back to Woodburn mm. and uh, providing those services to our familias in our comunidad because I feel like in the most rural places, unfortunately, we don't get a lot of services, mm-hmm. right? I think, I remember, like, um, I have a couple of friends that were looking for a therapist and then they were like, I can't find anyone that, you know, like, of color or that, like, is bilingual or mm-hmm. bicultural in, in that area. And I was like, what? You can't find anyone? I'm like, that's not yeah. true. I feel... That they're out there, but we just need to find each other so we can provide those services. So, essentially, I think that would be one of my biggest goals to go back to Woodburn and and kind of provide those services. Um, And I don't know, maybe do a little bit more traveling. (laughs) (laughs) Back
0: to Spain.
1: (laughs) más dinero. I I just need to put it out there, you know, like quiero hacer como cien mil dólares. To the universe, the universe universe will provide. I'm just kidding. Um, And then para la receta. I think one of the things, like, I was thinking about this, like, well, actually prior to here because I was with my sister. Um, and I was thinking that, um, I think... But uh, ser successful or in, in, within your community is really relying a lot on your community, right, mm. on the mentorship part of it. Because um, I, I think now of, like, where I'm at now and all the people that really helped me through. And it was all people that were, like, yeah, I had family, obviously, because you know how to say it, it takes a village to, to kind of help yeah. and raise with that. But it also kind of helps... Um, Having other people push you and believe in you, Mm. right? Because I think about all these kids that I make the connections to when I was in college or the kids that I make connections with after college and the kids that I am connected with now. And I'm like, yeah, it just takes like one positive adult or someone Mm. that really believes in you. And even when you're telling yourself like you can't do it, if somebody there's one person that's like, you got this, you you can Mm -hmm. do it like you're going to start really believing that yourself. yourself. Yeah. Right? So like really surrounding yourself around people that are like-minded or mm. people that like my sister says you're unlikely people that are maybe different than you but I can still encourage you to do yeah. do those things. Yeah, and, pues, obviamente de tu parte pues ponerle las pilas, yeah, echarle ganas. It really like believing in yourself, like have your positive mantra. Like I got this. You know, like maybe yesterday was a hard day, but today is going to be a better day. Yeah. Um so really kind of like setting that mentality of like i got this mm. you know because you got yourself here right yeah, that's like, true so far and with support of people or not but you still got here right yeah so yeah
0: cool well, bad, <laughs> uh, the,
1: Go google it, <laughs> google it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um yeah well thank you so yeah, much Yeah, thank you, you, you for know, inviting me yeah no thank you for being on it. And, Look forward to listening to your podcast. Yes, <laughs> you're
1: definitely gonna have to come and join us. Let because me know. i, I you No, know, we we definitely want people to come and share their experiences too. Awesome. Because I think the uh, story is so powerful, right? Mm. And I think what you're doing here is amazing and beautiful, and I can't wait to just hear more about it too.
0: Awesome. So, well, thank yeah. you. Gracias. 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 Adios. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. La recetas is produced by myself Miguel Lopezista, Sarita Wesley, and Lucy Dwyer from Wyden and Kennedy. Sound editing by Natalie Hazenga for joint editorial.